0: My fellow Americans. My fellow Americans. My fellow Americans. America isn't easy. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. We reached for the stars, acted like men, we aspired to intelligence, we didn't didn't scare so easy. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. People say, if you don't love America, then get the hell out. Well, I love America. Where are we headed? Who are we? What legacy will we leave behind? On Only in America, we examine our current State of the Union in an effort to uncover our patriotic common ground. Regardless of race, gender, party, or affiliation, we're all united as Americans, one nation under God, indivisible. Welcome to Only in America. And now, here's your host, Robert Caltaviano
1: good morning and welcome to only in America with Robert Caltaviano as usual your host Robert Caltaviano is in studio and today he's also joined by special guest from success North Dallas Bill Wallace As always, in the studio, we have producer Zach Lewis and myself, Kristen Marin, and we are so excited to talk to you this morning. And Robert, how's it going?
2: Wonderful, wonderful. Good morning, America. Good morning, everybody, and special good morning to my great friend, a mentor of mine. He is speaker excellence. You know it. He knows it. We all know it, Mr. Bill Wallace. Welcome. Good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you, sir? Fantastic.
2: Fantastic. I had my bagel and coffee this morning, and uh, I'm ready to go. Awesome! So, only in America, Kristen. What's been happening? Let's 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 really get down to the talking and the nitty gritty of, of what's been going on lately. Absolutely. And, and, and Bill and, and Zach of my New York terminology of what has been happening since we last got together. I think we got a lot so to talk much. about. Yeah, it, you know, um, we have a new president. We do. We the do. New,
1: the new year turned over.
2: Yep, and. You know, life is looking good for people who really want to look that way. And so I think that's one of the things we want to look at it. Right, Bill? What do you think?
3: Well, when I looked at the election, I looked at it from both a political and a spiritual side. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it, you know, our country was founded as one nation under God. And I looked at the election as to where we would have the greatest chance to take this nation back Mm -hmm. to one nation under God. And I do believe that the right candidate won in terms of that, in terms of what is what is a president. A president is a CEO. A president is somebody you have put in, in a trusted position to run your company, in this case, your country. What is the role of a new CEO? The role of a new CEO is to create transformational change through disruption. Yeah. The CEOs... We talk about changing a corporate culture, and there are all these teams out there that are going to come in and change the culture for you. That doesn't work. You change a corporate culture by changing the way, the best practices, the way the company does business, by changing the environment inside of the company. It doesn't come from outside. It comes from the philosophies and management and I think that's what we're going to start to see in Washington. We're going to see some of the old out. We're going to see a lot of new in. But I also think, think we're going to see some things tested that may or may not work. Because, you know, you look back to the Thomas Edison's, the invention of the light bulb. He, he never had a failure. He just had one more thing that didn't work on his way to what did work. I think we're going to see a lot of that happening in the early days of this administration.
2: So now, when we're looking at that, and you're talking about change, and Kristen and, and Zach, how do we now look at changing in the hearts of what's inside of us as America? You know, you, you turn on the news right now and you see all the disruptions. Mm-hmm. You see people being paid to disrupt. You're seeing people getting hurt. You know, there's one thing to have your opinion on things. You may not have voted for the president. Mm-hmm. But now, how do we make that internal change with individuals in this country to move forward as to the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, their goals, and to to really only in America what's making us great again. If you have that hate in your heart, what do we do? You know, what are the young people doing right now? Are they out there, um, you know, we saw that march on Washington, Mm -hmm. the women's march, yet that represented a faction of women in this country. What about the other women that are not out there protesting? You know, so the division between us.
3: That's a tough one. And it goes back, you, you almost have to go back and look at the humanities and look at the way people, the some of the old, old scholars, and look at the way they communicated. And they were able to change things by their actions and by the communication of those actions. They didn't just put words out there. They put words out there with actions attached. And I think that's where we're going to have to see Changes. We're going to have to. I think if Mr. Trump, President Trump, continues on Mm -hmm. uh, in the manner he is right now, I think it's going to create, again, some more division. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: However, I think it's going to create a cohesiveness to bring things back together because people are going to see the continuum of action and they're going to see the results that are starting to come out of that. You know, Betsy DeVos, incredible woman. Uh, who has been committed, I've known her, I've been on boards with her, committed to education, committed to our youth, yeah. and yet there, she's being questioned about plagiarism. I don't get it. I really don't get it. With all the stuff she had to fill out, with all the aides, they probably have filled out some of this stuff before. I don't know. But, but we're grasping at straws to criticize. You know, I heard a quote, in fact, last night, And I wrote it down, which I thought really is, it needs to get out to the public. But it says, talk without criticism, listen without judgment, and connecting beyond your differences. And we have to now start connecting beyond our differences. If we're going to be a nation, if we're going to stand up, uh, we were a superpower, and we're not now. We lost a lot of worldwide credibility, and we have to regain that. And I think we lost a lot of respect from our own populace as we lost that worldwide credibility.
2: Yeah, you see, though, I think respect is lost when, when you lose yourself. And are we losing ourselves or not? And I think out there, we really want you to be thinking about this is not a right or a left thing. But what are you doing for yourself? You know, are you reaching for the stars? Are you talking or are you just going through the actions? Today, and what Robert, do you
1: think? I, I think you brought up a really good point because there's a lot of protests going on right now. You know, not everyone is happy with the presidential selection, but I think there's a difference between a protest and a hate approach, mm-hmm. right? So you can peacefully protest, and as Americans, I believe that we should have the right to do that. But at the same time, uh, it doesn't mean you know destroying your community and getting into fights with individuals on the streets. Uh, so I really think it, it comes down to being adults and just accepting you know, what's been given to us and working with it to do the best that we can with what we've been handed, right? Mm-hmm. You've been dealt these cards and so now you need to play your hand. And I think that starts with an open conversation between individuals as adults and not as children.
2: But one of the things is, is that we've become a society, I think, in many ways, of everybody gets a trophy. Everyone is getting a trophy today. And, you know, you have to realize life is not getting a trophy every day. Life is, is, is much more than that. It's, it's leading up to whether you're going to be able to qualify to get that trophy. And so, you know, as we, we, we take a short break for a minute and I'll get my coffee again, I want you to think about that. And really think about, are you reaching for the stars?
0: From Sea to Shining Sea, Only in America, continues right after this. Well, I tried to make it Sunday, but I got
3: so. Ladies and gentlemen, Success North Dallas is proud to be associated with only in America because we are Americans and we're all striving to make our nation great again. Success North Dallas was founded in 1988 when seven people came together with an idea to be an informal board of directors, mentor group, and accountability group for each other. That group is now up to 200 people. We've met the third Wednesday of every month for almost three decades at Prestonwood Country Club on Preston Road, the third Wednesday of every month. Our speakers have come from all over the world. Our members have started 70 companies, six Narts and Young Entrepreneurs of the Year and 1,000 jobs. And it is things like Only in America that we come behind the Greater Dallas Business Ethics Award we sponsor, C-Suite, Bloomberg. These are the things Success North Dallas does, and if you'd like to know more about it, www.successnorthdallas.com will give you an incredible amount of information, and go and look at our past speakers. I can't even believe it. Have a great day.
0: A shining city on a hill. You're listening to Only in America on RNCM.
2: All right, welcome back here. I want to start out with something. I really want to put everybody, put your thinking caps on for a minute and listen to these words. There are risks and there are costs to action. But they are far less than the long-range risks of comfortable inaction. You know, it's that comfortable in action, Bill, I think, that has gotten us to the place, unfortunately, where we are right now. And, um, you know, it's time to take back and to take action. And what I mean by that is thoughtful action. Really thinking about what you're doing and the actions out there. If you're going to protest about something, if you really feel it, um, everything has a consequence. And do you know what you're really getting upset about?
3: You know, it's kind of like... Uh Be careful you may get what you want yes and that quote by robert f kennedy really sets the stage for conversations and that's what we're not having we're not you know wars start because of not having a conversation marriages break up because of not having a conversation governments fall because of not having a conversation and i think we are in this new administration we're at the opening brink of some incredible conversations that are truly going to change and bring our country back.
2: Well, absolutely. Just look at the fact is, in you know, my years in government, um, opening up a dialogue again with certain countries. Now, I don't say sometimes all of them, but the dialogue again with, with Russia. Um, we don't know where that's going to go.
3: Well, but, we it's know, better,
2: but it's better than what we have right now. We
3: know where it's going to go without a dialogue. Absolutely. It's going to go straight down.
2: Absolutely. And so if you look at that communication, if you open it up, you get to learn a lot about, the individual that you're trying to communicate with instead of having that closed door policy
3: well if you go back to the cold war yeah i heard a great historian comment very simply it was a cold war and it was very cold because there was no communications except reactive crisis communications
2: Absolutely. And, you know, just imagine, I want everybody to think for a minute, envision, a lot of you guys and gals that are listening here, and when we talk about the Cold War, a lot of you haven't been around for that, or you're you're too young, but imagine for a minute you're in grade school and uh, the bell rings and you have to hide under your desk. Because you don't know uh, if there's a bomb coming. That's what we used to practice in, in the Cold War era. And, you know, it, you had people building bunkers in their backyards, just like here in North Texas where you have a tornado shelter. There used to be a nuclear bomb shelter. And look at where we've come now uh, from President Reagan, his time with, with Gorbachev, uh, one of my idols that I work with, um, that that really tore down those walls and now... Those walls are back again, and I don't mean everybody out there, the wall down on the southern border. That's a totally different thing. We'll get to that at, a, at another time. But I'm talking about the walls of, of miscommunication.
3: The walls of miscommunication built the walls, and they're going to continue to build them. So what, what what, you, in your background, you worked with on the security details of what, seven sitting or past presidents? Yes. So you've seen this from a different perspective Than most people you've seen it from a perspective that we'll never seen it from you've heard some of these conversations you've heard the the pain the horror the panic and the euphoria yeah talk a little bit about how these men have reacted to this and and the conversations that came out of this and also robert touch on when there was not a conversation and what happened well, you touched on something
2: I think really important is, you know, from what I've seen and being around some of these individuals, um, you, you said the word reacting. And there are some, in, in my opinion, some presidents, some leaders today, whether you're a president or an industry, that react. And as we all know, we've talked about this before, reacting is a habit. And so a successful president, in my eyes, is, is it responds to a situation. They're a thinker. Um, right now we're hearing with President Trump you know he has the uh, painting of uh, President Andrew Jackson on on the wall in the Oval Office now and some people have compared him to Andrew Jackson Um, I don't I don't really see that I see a little bit of of Teddy Roosevelt in him and some of the people out there may think oh the progressive movement and I don't mean in that that area Um, but the boldness and then also Ronald Reagan uh, in him and the reason why I say this is Uh, If President Reagan said something, he said it in a very delicate way. I hardly ever saw him get upset about things. He just didn't have that. But he he did what he said. And we're seeing that right now in this administration. Whether you voted for him or not, you have to understand, here's a man that is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. So the communication aspect of that is you're going to look at this individual and say, okay, I may not like it or I do like it. But he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. And so that transforms, if you start off at the bat, a presidency. Now whether it's going to transform our country, time will tell.
3: I think we've already seen transformational change in the opening days of a new administration. I think we've seen somebody come out of the gate, come out of the starting blocks, knowing that I have made promises and now I'm fulfilling them. I have not been surprised by one thing that President Trump has done because he told us what he was going to do. We voted for him because he told us what he was going to do. And a conversation that came up to me that surprised me, I have a dear friend, his father was a union steward on the railroad in Pennsylvania. And I said, so how's your dad getting along? This was back in the summer, getting along with this election. He said, he's backing Trump. He said, I can't believe it. And he said, I'm shocked. And so are a bunch of his other union stewards. But they can't talk about it. Now, he's retired, and he can. And I said, but why? They said, because he never knows what Trump is going to say. But he knows it's going to be something new, something fresh. And he has a high degree of certainty that he's going to follow through on it. That's why. Because that's what they haven't seen. And I think that really summed it up what the people were looking for they were looking for something to change in the the change in the administration not just the policy but the thought process and the fact of not being afraid to take action and not being afraid to alienate big donors absolutely and big corporations and
2: i think you know you you hit a key word Kristen, too is, is change you know everybody you know we're afraid sometimes to change but look at it this way your body is changing constantly Every minute, every second, we're, you're, you're shedding cells. You're, you're building new things just within ourselves. So if our body changes, so should our consciousness. But how are we changing? Now, you, uh, mm-hmm. as a mom-to-be, and I just love that, <laughs> when, when you go to sleep at night, what are you thinking? What scares you? Or do you, do you have any any fears right now about what we're doing where we're going well, I as do. a new mom?
1: I do. You brought up... The issue of communication and uh, the reference to the Cold War and having to, you know, take shelter when you're in school. Uh, I'm going to be raising a child. And I think that if we continue to close off communication with uh, foreign allies and even foreign enemies, um, we can put ourselves in a very dangerous situation where... They don't know what we're thinking, we don't know what they're thinking, and so they're going to be reactive, and I would hate to see us put into, uh, you know, another war-like situation where we're defending ourselves on the home front, because that's something that I've never experienced in in my lifetime, and I would hate to put, uh, you know, a new child into that environment.
2: Well, you know, it comes to pass, but our environment is our looking glass. And so right now, what are we looking at? You know, and I think, you know, that's a really, really, really um, goes to your heart as to what you just said. And I want everybody out there, you know, if you're thinking that way, Bill, um, you know, who can you go to talk to about it? And one of the things is is that we love to hear from you here on Only America because it's only about you.
3: Well said. I think that uh, at the end of the day. We close every Success North Dallas meeting, and let's close this segment this way. May you do what you love to do with people you love to do it with, on purpose. Amen. God bless and Godspeed. That was
0: good. Finding our patriotic silver lining. More of Only in America,
3: still to come.
2: Chewing on a piece of grass. Walking down the
3: road. This is Bill Wallace, founder of Success North Dallas, and for 28 years, we've been putting the right people together for the right reasons at the right time. February 15th, we will, for the 16th year, be presenting the Dallas Police Officer of the Year Award. I've been doing these meetings for 28 years, and this is certainly my favorite meeting of the year, as it is a study in humility. This year, the Officer of the Year is a woman, which I'm very, very excited about, many years of service to the Dallas Police Department. And we will have with us the interim police chief, the new district attorney of Dallas County, Faith Jackson. The interim police chief is David Pughes. And we also will possibly have the new city manager as he's starting to work today. So ladies and gentlemen, successnorthdallas.com. Find all the information there and we'd love to see you. Have a great day.
0: by the people for the people welcome back to only in america on the real news communications network america
1: and we're back on only in america with robert Caltaviano and america. bill wallace in studio having a really intriguing discussion this morning america. and robert I, I know you've got a quote that you wanted to share with us
2: yeah you know uh, Kristen, when i was a kid and still to this day one of my idols uh, i love playing baseball and growing up uh, back east in new york um, back then uh, my idol was Babe Ruth and you know he can hit those home runs and you know you see the old videos and uh, there's a quote that he said and I want to open it up this way I want everybody to think about it he said he said you can't beat a man who never quits and so you know are we quitting right now on ourselves because if you quit on yourselves are we quitting on our country you know if you're a parent out there or you're a young person just getting out of college are you a quitter or are you a sprinter?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because if, if you quit now, then what? And I, I want to open that up a little bit and talk about that because that's not in a very American thing. We're not quitters. We're innovators. We're builders. You know, as, as we put on these segments, we're that shining city on a hill. Um, but if you quit, then what? What do you think about that?
3: Well, you, when you quit... The first thing you've done is you've given up all your power. You've given it away. You've totally put somebody else in control of your life. Mm -hmm. When you don't have a vision, you have nothing to aspire to. And a vision to me is a succinct description in vivid words and phrases of not what is, but what could be. And I think we have a visionary sitting in the White House right now. I think we have somebody there that the word quit is not even in his vocabulary, and I think I know from what I've seen to this point that he is surrounding himself with like kind people in his cabinet, and they're not going to give up the power they're going to follow through on the, pro- the promises, the pledges, but I think they're going to do it with a high degree of flexibility mm-hmm. because if you the greatest enemy, one singular phrase, the greatest enemy to corporate America is we always did it that way. Yeah, absolutely and I don't think we're going to see that now.
2: Well, you know, speaking of that, when you're just talking about it, there's a commercial on, I don't know if you guys have seen it, Zach, um, where you see a child in the crib and the parent has got a really bad cold. Have you seen that commercial? And Mm -hmm. they walk into the room and and they turn around and say, well, sorry today, but... uh, I'm just not going to be around. I'm
1: going to take a sick day. I'm going to take a sick day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, you see the, the look on a child's face, and, you know, it, it really shows that imagine if parents quit.
1: Mm-hmm. They say moms and dads don't take sick days. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so, you know, with that, uh, you can't take a sick day when you're president. Uh, you know, you can't take a sick day when you're mom and dad. And you know what? America wasn't built on sick days. Now, granted, you know, we, we get sick. But you can't build a skyscraper um, we're taking days off. And I think one of the things we want to look at is you look at the European culture. You know, uh, my ancestors come from Italy. I've gone to Italy, and at 1 o'clock, you can't find anybody. Everything's closed.
3: (laughs) And then you got six weeks vacation where you get to come back and start all over.
2: And then you wonder why. You look at their economy, and then you look at ours. Or you look over in Asia, and you see the Asian economy where they work consistently and constantly each and every day. And you see how the influx, but how they're growing. And so here, what are we doing
3: here, we've been, we've been sitting back and waiting for somebody else to do it.
2: Well, you know, if you drive in that lovely car that your parents maybe have, have bought oh. you, or not even that, but now you're struggling to make those car payments because you, you bought a car and maybe your budget isn't the way that you thought you saw it, but you got those tunes blasting and you're going maybe from meeting to meeting. What's the end of the road? What's your road game? Okay, um, what are you going to do next? Uh, you know, and those are the things that we want to look at. If we're driving down a road, I think we talked about this last time. If you start from New York and go to California, okay, California is your destination. That's your end goal. But in between, what happens? So today, when you guys are up and you're out and you're getting ready to go to work and and you're out ready to go to work, what's your end game for the rest of the day? What is your goal for the
3: day? Well, you know, let's go back to the vision. Because... As I said, a vision is a succinct description in vivid words and phrases of not what it is, but what could be. Your goal is relatively succinct along the way. You have the cities you're going to go through. Your ultimate destination is California. But you hear things. You hear about a museum of art exhibit in another place. So you add another goal on that roadmap but you still have that same destination and vision in mind. Mm -hmm. We, through building an entitlement centered community have taken away that visioning. We've taken away, we've given it to somebody else. They're going to take care of us. Everybody's going to get this. Everybody's going to get that. And by the entitlement mentality that we have put into our nation, we've stopped the visioning. We've stopped a lot of the could have been entrepreneurs because they've been told, Somebody else is going to take care of you. That's the first thing we have to get rid of.
1: I think you bring up an important point. Government is not our fate. We don't just have to accept it. We can participate. uh, You know, we can become congressmen, congresswomen. We can participate. And by doing that, we can control what happens to us. We can control our route to that destination.
3: It's interesting that you pick that up. Two words, both starting with a P, participate and protest. Instead of protesting, we can get out and participate. We can become an active participant in changing things and making things into what we believe they should be. Mm-hmm. But yet so many of us just sit back and wait for Robert or Zach or Kristen to do it because I, I, I'm going to be taken care of. So I'm going to wait for you all to do it. Right? That's what's been happening.
2: Well, you know, and when we look at this, I think, you know, you brought up a wonderful point, is when we're participating, instead of protesting, with meaning, what's the meaning behind it? And one of the things I want to close our our day out with you today is the meaning behind our Pledge of Allegiance. I know we've seen a lot about this lately, and there's there's a couple of great places I really want you to look at. Number one is go on YouTube— And YouTube, the man, his name was Red Skelton. (laughs) The Pledge. I really want you. I don't care what side of the spectrum you are on your political thinking. Just Google that and listen to it. And uh, as we bring this out, I want to talk to you about what the Pledge means and these words. And let's go through it a little bit. It goes like this. I pledge allegiance to the flag. You know, what do those words mean to you? To me, they say, thank you, America, for your strength and your courage in the freedom that we all live in of the united states of america whose bright stars represent 50 states each bearing their own stamp of individual individual rights and to the republic see we're a republic not a democracy a land of laws with ingenious systems of checks and balances that allow no one to become a tyrant and lets no group prevail If their power is tempered with a real concern for the governed, it's a land where the right of dissent and free speech is jealously guarded. And then one nation under God. You see, those words weren't put in until President Eisenhower put that into the flag. A land where freedom of worship is a bedrock of our society. Indivisible, a land for the hot steel and war courage that built our country with liberty, where no one... No one is robbed of an honest life. In justice. The courts of our land are open to all and for all. That means for all of us, only in America. God bless you and we'll see you again real soon.)
0: source for premium talk radio.